Welcome to Insightful Essence, the podcast that uses self-awareness from a neurological perspective. By learning the biological components of our mood, relationship problems, emotion management, and other things, we remove judgment and replace it with empowerment. I am your host, Rosalind Perez, mental health counselor and life coach. Let's get ready to rise above survival. Welcome everyone to another episode of Insightful Essence, the podcast where we promote insight for every single area in our lives that impact us to promote growth. And today I'm excited because I have a guest and our guest today is a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor with a master's degree in nutrition. She helps individuals entangled in the dieting cycle or grappling with using food to manage emotions guiding them toward food freedom and peace of mind. Leveraging her dual role as both a dietitian and someone who has left the journey, she empowers clients to redirect their focus toward meaningful aspects of life. In her coaching business, A Piece of Mindful Nutrition, she is now able to form stronger, more trusting relationships with her clients while helping them reach their health goals, in a sustainable way by getting them to the root of body image and their issues with food. Please help me welcome Michelle Young. I'm so excited. Thank you, Rosalyn. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) Yay. How are you doing today? I am good. Happy Monday. It's a beautiful day. It is. It is. And the thing is that I remember when we started to talk about recording this podcast, you're a nutrition coach or a diet coach. How would you call it yourself? Yeah, I mean, like, it's funny because it changes depending on who I'm talking to. And I definitely say dietitian because that, that involved so many years of my life. investing. Absolutely, in absolutely. So I'm like, I keep that title for sure. Dietitian or registered dietitian. Um, but then being a coach is definitely how I deliver my information. Um, and then on, and then something I might also say is an intuitive eating coach or a certified intuitive eating counselor, because that's also what I am, but I don't always use that because people are like, what is intuitive eating? Like a lot of people have not heard of it. So then you might get a blank stare. So then I kind of keep it simple with saying dietitian and coach. So awesome. Hopefully today we can get, provide more clarification to, to our listeners. The thing is that when we started talking, we, we're talking about my area of expertise, mindset coaching, and then uh, you as a dietitian. And for many people may not see the correlation, but then the more we got into a conversation, we're like, this is just so connected. This is so related in every individual's life because everything is connected. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more what got you into this field. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I mean, like it really started, my interest in nutrition started at a, my community college where I took a nutrition course. I feel like that sounds so cliche. Like I just took a, that's where I, why I went to a community college was to figure out what I wanted to do. So this is back in like 2003, 2004, 2005. I was there at my community college a couple of years. And then I took a nutrition course, but at the same time I had been battling my own like Uh, body image, you know, from a young age, just like as a lot of teen girls do, um, they battle body image, you know, whether it's like through social media and just seeing like all of these different um, just depictions of what that ideal body is and and what, whatever. But at the time for me, it was, it was less social media, but more like magazines. And I would like put up 
you know, I would, I admire, actually admired one of my sister's best friends who would cut up pictures of supermodels and put them on her in, and make a collage and put them on her door, like her bedroom door. And I, I admired her. So I did the same. So I was like, why don't I look like these models? So that was just a little bit of what I think what contributed to a really poor body image. But with that came manipulating and restricting food, like giving away my food at lunchtime. And so that just led to years of disordered eating. But I, I see this nutrition course and, oh, like nutrition is a thing. You can do this and you can do that. And, oh, I could learn all about it and, you know, become the perfect eater and have the perfect body or whatever, you know, whatever that thought was that that was kind of like, um, part of it, right? So part the of goal was more it. like the image rather than the health. All of it too. Cause I understood health was a big part, mm -hmm. which is why cut two years later, it became very conflicting and I'll, and I'll, I'll get into that, but like, yeah. So those were two reasons why I got into nutrition and a lot of dietitians do not, not all of them by any means, but a lot of them go into it because they have their own disordered eating, um, with, with, which is kind of the case with a lot of different professions. Right. Um, but yeah, so then I became a dietitian, um, counseled patients, um, in terms of like outpatient at, through doctor's offices, through the hospital I, I've worked at, and I would get a lot of consults on like weight loss, um, that's what a lot of doctors recommend, or like the consults would say BMI, meaning like I knew what that meant. That meant high BMI, counsel them on weight loss. But eventually I found what is called intuitive eating. And I discovered that actually through a podcast and um, was like, holy cow, this is this whole new world of just like health promoting, um, sustainable lifestyle, like self-care, um, like fixing your relationship with food. It's a, it's a very dynamic, um, it's a very dynamic self-care framework of eating and it has 10 defined principles. It resonated with me. I was like this. So that's ultimately what got me completely done with disordered eating. I'm done with dieting, calorie counting, all this strict eating because there ultimately there's no perfect way of eating. And it really, did a lot and it compromised my lifestyle. It compromised my relationships. Um, I mean, you know, if, if some of your viewers say like no to going out to eat because they don't have what's on your diet, like, you know, that, that sucks. Like, like you're missing out on life. And so I ultimately, you know, want to help people reclaim their life that this, what we call diet culture, because it's so diety out there. And it's like, everything just seems to be revolving around diets and achieving like the, the ideal body, which really does not exist. Um, and so I help people get out of that. And that's why I went into coaching. Um, plus I just wanted to do something different, something where you could, you know, there's more expansion involved in growth and, you know, it never ends with coaching. You can just, you know, keep going, you know, and evolve your business and just be really connected with your clients. And so, that's why I, I combine all of that with coaching. <laughs> That's a lot. I love it because when we were having this conversation on private, of course, I couldn't help whenever you were talking about this intuitive eating and, and, and fixing the relationship with food and restricting diet. It, it's 
I couldn't help to think that it's all rooted in shame. Like from a psychological perspective is like, if, if I eat this, but if I eat that, and then if I, if I end up giving up to this craving, then what does that say about me and my relationship with myself? Because I wasn't strong enough to, to be able to, to resist and my willpower is, and it's just like so many psychological ramifications because of the way that we eat. So I couldn't just like help to think, that way when you were elaborating about your work and I, and I loved it. Because yeah, no, absolutely. Did you hear about? <clears throat> Spot on there. And that's what, that's another aspect of dieting and what diet culture does to us in our psyche and how it really disrupts our relationship with not only food and our body, but with just ourselves, because we, it's a whole lot of guilt and shame involved with trying to eat perfectly in this certain way to get to these certain goals that are not usually attainable. And so we blame ourselves. We feel a lot of shame around like, oops, like I had a craving dude, that's your biology. You're, you're actually just listening to your body, like eat your body doesn't want to starve. It doesn't want to go through this. So a big portion, a big part of intuitive eating in the process is self-compassion. And so you learn a ton about self-compassion and just how to, how to be compassionate about yourself when it comes to all of these things, because it, it's gotten so ingrained in our almost DNA, like to feel guilty about not doing things the quote, quote unquote, right way in terms of eating and how you look and all of that. And so self-compassion is definitely a practice throughout this journey, um, which also can be applied to every, every other area in your life, because mm -hmm. let's be honest, self-compassion, we just, we all kind of need to be compassionate in order to move forward in our, in just this journey of life. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm a mindset coach. Anyone hears your line of work and just like think of food right away. However, when we have that conversation, there's so much mindset work that you also do with your clients. Like, um, would you say that it has something to do with emotional eating or like what will, what will be that mindset work that you help your clients in, oh, gosh. in relation to, to food? Yeah, it depends on what it is. I mean, every client's different for sure. Um, all of it's mindset though, um, in a way, right? Just depending on where they're coming from. I mean, first and foremost, getting them outside of the diet mentality, that's all reworking the mind and retraining, like kind of retraining your thought process and acknowledging that these thoughts are not something that you have to believe anymore, that they're just thoughts. And eventually you're able to hear them come in and then not make them mean anything, but have these new replaced thoughts that are there um, that are more compassionate thoughts, right? Um, but yes, emotional eating is a big aspect of it. it, is one of the principles of intuitive eating. And that's a big, um, you know, it's a it's usually a big one that people have to work on because they feel like they're, emotional eaters. And some, some of us are true emotional eaters. Um, well, let me say this first, we all are emotional eaters first and foremost, and there's nothing wrong with that. So there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And it's completely normal because we do eat for, you know, sometimes for entertainment, we, you know, want to soothe ourselves with food and we want, you know, like, like think about when you were, when you were a kid, and you were sick, your mom would give you chicken noodle soup or whatever. Like that's comforting. That's warming. Like that is, that kind of was an emotional eating in, in a way. Right. Um, yeah, like, to food. yeah. 
or like ice cream after a cell after you win a baseball game or something, you know, um, going out for ice cream. So we celebrate with food and we enjoy food and all that is emotional, but it can become problematic when we start to um, hide from our emotions, right? And we start to turn to food rather than face those emotions that head on. Um, and so during the process of kind of handling that emotional eating, it's really digging deep and kind of like stopping yourself and, and consciously making the decision whether you want to continue to emotionally eat or you want to handle those emotions. And so I can take somebody through that process on how to handle those emotions. And so a lot of different things might come up. Um, like I have a client right now who discovered that she, you know, she is turning to food for loneliness because she discovered that she is eating when she's not hungry, not biologically hungry, and she'll continue to eat. And, and she's really improving her relationship with food, but now that came up and she was like, I, she discovered that she, you know, has this loneliness void that she's been filling with food, but it's oh, almost. Did your work, and need to cut you off, but did your <laughs> work somehow um, was focused in helping her find that um, to make that realization? She discovered it, like I counsel her, you know, individually on, on all of this. And so, um, a big part of being coaches, you know, is, is coming up with the questions that are up in there because I, you know, we, as coaches, we don't know what's going on up there. So you kind of have to guide the way with what your thought process is and kind of think, what are the questions that you have so that I can best coach you in the, in that direction. And so, yeah, just through her, her like desire to heal and questions that she had and came to me with it. She came up with that. Like she awesome. came up with that all on her own and figured that out that she was like missing that piece. And, or that was like a, a reason for emotional eating that she, that she discovered. And so she was like, this is scary and everything. And I'm like blessing in disguise. That's what this is about. Right. Because now you can figure out different aspects of your life that maybe need some tweaking and need some attention, you know? Absolutely. And that's the power of coaching. I, I can totally see even uh, if she came up with that realization, but it was through your guidance and, and, and vantage points where she was able to just to start becoming a little more aware. That's why self-awareness is so important in every process, because once you start to know, okay, this is emotional eating, or this is um, part of like a normal reaction or craving in your body, then you start becoming more aware and differentiating one thing from the other. Yes, absolutely. You're so right. It's about that awareness and really being able to notice what is going on, whether it is a biological hunger that's happening or it's a craving and maybe you're not biologically hungry, but you feel guilty if you eat when you're not hungry, but Hey, no self-compassion plus you're allowed to eat like, and not feel guilty about it. You're in, and that's another part of the process. Like it's okay. If you're not biologically hungry and you crave something, we want to honor that as well. That's part of healing that relationship with food too. Absolutely. I love this intuitive, uh, um, eating or coaching process and the fact that you incorporate so much self um self-compassion yeah because as we were saying at the beginning there's so much that it's rooted in shame and whenever we leave our lot live our lives guided by that shame 
it's just the absence of that self-compassion in order to heal. We just need to say, Hey, it's okay. This is a process. I got you. We're going to be able to, and just like have that self talk that it's so connected to mindset. We're so hard on ourselves and the harder that people are with themselves. I imagine that it's just going to lead them more into that. Exactly. Behavior. Totally. And that's, that's definitely what I wanted to add too. It's like when you're stuck in this, these negative emotions, like guilt and shame and self-loathing and body dislike and all of that and and lacking that self-compassion there's no growth there's no movement beyond that they're just staying stuck and it just feeds the cycle right but then you add that self-compassion piece and you're able to like release that negativity that you have placed on yourself and you're able to get over it and of course that maybe sounds simple simpler than it is but ultimately like love wins, right? Self-compassion is that love that you're putting into it and it can help the other stuff just kind of dissipate and leave for good. Yeah. How much have you noticed or have seen in your clients that a lot of their eating habits are rooted in shame and guilt and emotional? How much? All of them because yeah, because every single client I have has some sort of some sort of disordered eating pattern um, because you know what, that's why I titled my program freedom from dieting. So it is, you know, usually chronic dieters who have been either on some type of diet most of their life or even just for the last few years or calorie counting or some type of trying to lose weight for, for a while. Right. And that in and of itself is a form of disordered eating and what goes with dieting and all of that is is a lot of guilt um and that sometimes that's actually the main thing is just feeling guilty and fearful of eating certain foods and it it takes up so much of their mental space that they're unable to that is exhausting first and foremost it's exhausting for them and they know it Usually by the time they get to me, they know like what's going on. They know it's not right. They know it's just taking up so much. It's not working anymore. Gosh. Yeah. And then once they start to break away from that, they're like, oh my God, I'm like thinking more clearly and I'm able to, you know, invest my mental energy into all of these other things. And I'm able to be present with my family and yeah, just a lot of goodness comes from handling those emotions and those that negativity and that guilt yes and going over your program you have some amazing principles or steps bases um you you correct me but uh would you mind talking a little more about like what are the principles the foundational for your program for your coaching program yeah so I mean I kind of take the um outline of the principles of intuitive eating for the most part. Um, So there's like, again, there's 10 defined principles of intuitive eating. And um, I go through most of them. Some of them are kind of combined, but in general, like, like if we want to break it down into kind of phases, like the first thing is really getting outside of the diet mentality, really ditching the diet mentality. Um, that's ditching diets, really getting to a place where you understand how dieting has not served you in the long run, 
and um just getting to a place where like you're like hey I'm never going back there like I understand the damage that it's called caused mentally physically emotionally and you know done okay and then we move on from there and it really just depends on what the client needs really to where we want to move next after that because it could be just really reconnecting with your body which means you know getting in tune with hunger and fullness um, or it could be the emotional eating aspect, right? And, and dealing with emotions, which I do also want to say about the emotional eating part, which I left out. Sometimes we do feel like we're emotional eating, but it's the dieting that causes it. And oh, wow. very interesting, right? Whereas there is, there is oftentimes it is true emotional eating, um, problematic emotional eating again we're all emotional eaters to a to a degree but um when it, when we're dieting it actually you know creates certain emotions <laughs> like not not fun feel good emotions right dieting is hard and it's hard on our body and we're doing a lot of things to go against our biology and so it can cause a lot of emotions and in turn we will turn to food because of that and so once we quit dieting Sometimes that emotional eating will dissipate. But again, kind of like the client I mentioned, you might discover other areas where you are emotional eating because you've gotten rid of that one. Um, so it's just an interesting path. Everybody takes a different path. Um, but just to kind of continue on like my specific program. Yeah. And then there's an activity portion. If somebody really, if that's where they're at and they're just like, I really want to focus on getting more physical, um, move, moving my body, we could go in that direction. Um, because there's a, a movement piece, of course, because again, it is a self-care framework. And so it really hits on all those areas of self-care, um, Another, another thing we, another major thing we focus on is making peace with food. So that really helps to eliminate that guilt, um, to become really neutral with food. And so, um, that kind of digs, digs in there and it's kind of, it can be a fun and scary process because you're being exposed to those like fear foods or the foods that you typically keep out of the cupboard and don't buy and keep in your house. So I'm saying now you're going to go buy that stuff and you're going to, you know, sit down and have spend some time with it and enjoy it in a neutral way. So that's a process. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of pieces because there are, but when it really boils down to it, it's all just the way we live, and it's just breaking breaking down all like aspects of self care. Um, and it's and really, it sounds like really redefining that relationship with food, as you said at the beginning, is just like switching up definitions that we have about what type of foods and, and our relation to it when it comes to our body and can I eat this? Uh, should, I shouldn't eat this, but it's just like changing that perspective. It's absolutely. It's how you talk about food. It's how you, you know, because we want what we can't have inherently as human beings, we want what we can't have. And so just simply by calling a food bad and, it, and we're saying, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. So inherently we want more of it. And so that's part of it. We don't realize that it's like, it's really not the taste. And sometimes that is part of it, right? Yeah. Tape food tastes good. Certain foods taste good that we think are less nutritious, but when we really end up allowing ourselves unconditional permission to eat whatever we want out there, we actually want those foods less. 
And then when we combine that with understanding and listening to our body and how food makes us feel physically and connect all of those pieces, then we actually want to eat a well-balanced, varied diet that includes a lot of high nutrition foods, but also includes those foods that we just enjoy too, emotionally, you know, and out of pure satisfaction. Um, So yeah, it's a beautiful journey that I take people through just to kind of like not worry about food anymore, have it be something that is just a part of their life, but be able to enjoy it and not have it be consuming them. I, I love this program and your approach so much because in a way is kind of like similar to how I approach emotions with my clients. Um, I, I tend to provide a list of emotions and ask clients to classify which are good, which are bad. And they're like, really good. These are good emotions. These are bad emotions. And I go then like, no, there's no such things as good emotions or bad emotions. They're just, just emotions. The more that we classify one thing as such, when we experience them, because we are going to, then we're going to apply judgment to those so-called bad emotions. However, that's not going to do anything to not experience that emotion. So it's like, how do we change that definition and how do we embrace and we listen to it rather than just like wanting to push them apart or away because when we open up to them then we're in a better position to address what it's causing because emotions are communicators. So, and, and as you said, your program sounds to me, sounds to me familiar because a lot of people, they experience their emotions through food. If I'm feeling sad, then I just go eat X, Y, and C food, or I don't want to, but then I do. And then it's just like additional emotions applied to that. But then I just continue to eat and I've heard and I've uh, um, about so many other programs when it comes to diet, when it comes to eating healthy, and there's always this hidden message that you want to eat this, you want to make sure that you eat that. But even though if you're not saying don't eat this, then it's just like still applying some sort of shame to the things that we shouldn't eat. And of course, I know that everything is a balance and that's not what you're saying, but it's just yeah. creating an awareness around how do we feel whenever we eat something that we're once again so-called not supposed to eat am I making sense yes yes you are and I think that's a really good point because there are a lot of programs out there diets or just different yeah like programs that will claim not to be like a diet but then ends up causing somebody to feel guilty because there was something hidden in there that is uh, pretty diety, right? So uh, basically, how do I, how do you identify those kinds of things? I mean, if, if, if anything, honestly, if anything is like for weight loss, like a weight loss plan, weight loss program, it's usually, there's usually going to be some type of restriction and it it's, it's usually a diet right? Because there's going to be a restriction. There's a lot of things out there claiming not to be diets because the word diet has gotten a really bad rap lately, right? Like, oh, diets don't work. Diets aren't consistent. Your diets aren't sustainable. But so they're trying to flip it around. Like, you know, like Noom says they're not a diet and it's all psychological, but that's not true. Like it is very much a diet. It's calorie counting. It's don't get me started. Like who the creators are, like they're two like engineers, like, come on. Like, but anyway, 
Yeah. So the difference with intuitive eating is it's not a diet. It does not focus on weight loss. It does not focus on restricting. There's no restricting involved. It's making peace with food. It's allowing all foods, but, but making you feel good about eating all foods, you know? Um, so it's really like quite the opposite of dieting. I think that's like the main way you can kind of tell the difference. Okay. How, um, do you have clients that seek your services with the idea of weight loss? And yes. how, how do they um, adapt or embrace your program after learning that it's not like it's foundational, like core? Um, yeah. And that, yeah. And of course, because they've been usually dieting for years with the goal of weight loss, with the goal of, you know, changing their body. That's all that's been their goal. They've been uncomfortable in their body usually. Um, and and that's another aspect of this body image, really helping you to appreciate your here and now body. And therefore you will take care of it, all of that. Um, so that's another principle, yet another principle of intuitive eating. But yes, so of course they're coming in wanting weight loss. Um, so I have to make clear, like we have to set aside that as a goal, set aside weight loss as a goal, because that's not the goal here. You're not going to be able to fully make peace with food and heal your relationship with food in your body. If you have that as a goal, because when you have weight loss as a goal, you are going to seek external measures to achieve that where like restriction in manipulating your food and trying to control it in external means, whereas intuitive eating allows you, it, it teaches you to get in tune with your body and really seek that inner wisdom because your body truly does know what it needs. Um, so if your body is going to, after getting really in tune and listening to it, it's going to, it's going to get to where it is most comfortable, whether that is a little weight loss or staying the same, or maybe some weight gain initially. And how does typically your clients embrace that? How do you notice that transformation? Um, and what what are their what's their feedback after embracing that different type of approach than just like weight loss? It's scary. It's scary to them. They they want to let it go. I imagine that's why I wanted to just explore that area. Yeah. No, and it's hard. And so that's a lot of coaching. And so that's where you know I want them to express how they're feeling. Um, throughout the process so that we can work through it and I can remind them why they're here. Um, you know, that's why I give certain work worksheets for them to do so they can come back and like specifically like seeing the diet history and like what they've been through and how where how these diets <clears throat> haven't served them in the past, just to remind themselves like, all right, it really it just ends up being a cycle and I mean, you know, that's why you're here. That's why you want to quit dieting. And um you know, it's just, it's a lot of reminding them, you know, why they're here, why this is, you know, why they're in the right place. <laughs> and they know that they truly know it. That's why they they are here. Um, but it's just, that's how hard old thoughts, it's how hard it is to rewire old thoughts that have been there for so long, like wanting, like having that urge to lose weight, you know, it's not, it's not easy. It takes a lot of repetition and a lot of addressing it coming back in. And so, yeah, it's, it's challenging, but they get through it. And I'm so happy to hear that you actually even said to yourself and, and as I heard you talking about your journey as a, as a teenage girl, I just couldn't help to think that I also went through that journey. We are so exposed. And of course we're females, but I can only imagine that also males go through something similar at some point in their lives, but it's very well known that for a lot of females, 
just like growing up with magazines. I had, I, I remember having a lot of magazines <laughs> and also TV and just having this expectation of this body image that we all have to have, which is unrealistic, but yet it's just so grounded in our psyche that this is what we're supposed to look like and to do bright and to do work um, against that. It, it, it can be scary for a lot of people because I've seen that with so many other psychological areas of people's lives, like in depression, anxiety, people that have lived that way and then just kind of breaking with that can even feel scary for them. So I love your program because it's just a conglomeration of, uh, it, it attends to all of the areas that are also important because eating is just not eating and weight loss is just not weight loss. There's so many psychological components to it. And it, it seems that it attends to a little bit of everything, if not at all, a lot of everything. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So if you were to summarize in one to two steps, Anyone uh, for our listeners, anyone that that may be interested in how to get started in this, and then you're gonna, and I'm gonna ask you at the end of the program to provide you with all of your information. But like, what could be one, two, three steps that they can start identify if they could, if they're like stuck in this dieting culture and and weight loss, but body image, emotional eating, like what what would be things that people will be able to pay attention to? Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, I always like to start with just really exploring your diet history. If you're someone who has been trying to lose weight and, you know, ends up being this whole cycle, like you lose weight, you regain it, you lose weight, you regain it. And maybe more, because that's kind of how diets work. Um, like, like a main a statistic that people, a lot of people are surprised about is that dieting actually causes more weight gain. So intentional, this act of intentionally trying to lose weight causes more weight gain over time than not dieting at all. Right. Um, and so a lot of people think like, oh, I'm aging and I'm going to, and I've been gaining weight because aging, which could be, could be, you know, naturally we do gain some weight over time, but if you were someone who was dieting, you might be gaining it more rapidly um, because of that, that um, weight cycling um, and the weight cycling. And just so, so I would say first thing is discovering how these diets have served you in the past, maybe even making a little chart. I have a chart that I could even like provide if somebody wants it, they can reach out to me and ask me and I can send them to fill it out or whatnot. And it's like this chart, just kind of the diet, how long you've been on, how long you were on the diet. If you lost weight, if you regain the weight, how much weight did you regain? Like all of these, so you can just lay it out and see how these diets have not served you because you know, a lot of diets people will try on repeat too, like Weight Watchers um, or WW, they call it now. <laughs> like, um, yeah. you know, if you've tried that five times, I mean, it's not you, you're not broken. They, they have return customers for a reason, right? Like yeah. it doesn't work and they want those return customers. They want those lifetime members um, because it doesn't work to keep, you don't, you don't keep the weight off. Most, the majority of people do not keep the weight off. Anyway, so discover that, how that hasn't served you so that you kind of prepare yourself, you buffer yourself to be ready to let go of that. Um, and just discovering, just kind of like maybe envisioning how life could be without 
without the dieting, without thinking about food all the time, just really paint that picture for you and see if that's something that you want. Um, Cause I think most of us don't want to keep struggling on this roller coaster, right? And it consumes a lot of our time, a lot of our energy, a lot of our focus that we could be investing in things that are really important to us, our family, our goals, yeah. you know, you know, things, what do you want? What is your purpose in life? Figuring out your purpose. So I think just starting there is really important just to, to figure out if, if it's serving you. Absolutely. So where can people find you? Um, different, a couple of different places you can. So I do have a little Instagram. Um, it's freedom period from period dieting. Um, so freedom from dieting with periods in between. And then also, um, online, my website is www.peaceofmindfulnutrition. So peace as in peace, man, like P-A-C <laughs> of mindfulnutrition.com. And I will be adding this information also in the description for, um, everyone that is interested in want to access this, um, these amazing services. Michelle is awesome. And this is just a, a, a very deep rooted work, not necessarily just like eat this, eat that. No, it's actually tackling things to the core, which is what we're really change happens. Any, any other uh, messages or things that you would like to say before we're done for today? Yeah, I mean, just, I think again, just discover what you want in life and what is holding you back and you know if if food is something you've been struggling with you know that there's a way out you don't have to be struggling you are not broken like it's not your fault it's not your lack of willpower we don't need willpower to just feed ourselves on a, on a daily basis and feed ourselves right and you can get to a place where you are completely at peace with food and your body and most importantly, you don't have to do this alone. That's where they're professionals like Michelle. So reach out um, for consultation. I imagine through their websites, they can reach you for- Yeah, there's there's different links and yeah. Perfect. Yes. You can, yeah, you can link, uh, put a link to my calendar too. Awesome. Yes. You don't have to go through this alone, please. Like keep that in mind. And I appreciate you being here in my program. I'm so happy. I appreciate your presence and all the work you do and how you change lives in a very sensitive, compassionate, and loving way. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rosalind. I love I love everything you do also. And <laughs> thank, thank you. you for having me. Well, thank you so much for our, to all listeners. And until the next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, Please don't forget to hit subscribe, share with others, post it about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.